Operation Samson is go. Target, Lionel Wyatt, a.k.a. Tebow Requin, a.k.a. Lion, a.k.a. Father. Intel, Swain's Island is a tiny island of 3.5 square kilometers, most of which is the lake in the center. Heavily forested with coconut palms, little to no elevated positions. Two villages, Taulaga in the west and Etna in the east, both officially deserted. Loadout. Body armor, M4 carbines with hollow optics, sidearms, MK-13 Mod 7 sniper rifle, B-54 Mod 2 special atomic demolition munition, aka Bullet Bill. Night insertion by Zodiac on western shore. Hostile presence unknown. Non-combatant presence unknown. Rules of engagement? Unknown, depending on presence and response of island's occupants. That's what would go into the briefing if this was an official op. But this isn't official. And even if it was, the important stuff doesn't go into the briefing. The important stuff, like how no matter what, Father does not leave this island alive. And how my role in the op is the same as it always was. Kill the target, keep the team alive, no matter what. I'm the hitter. I'm the expendable one. And I'm the only one who really understands what we're about to dive into. You're listening to The Redacted Reports, a Delta Green podcast. Captain Jack helps lower items down into the Zodiac. As cases and weapons are being lowered down, Rooster, you look up and you see on their bicep a Seabees tattoo. Alecki takes off his shirt as he starts handing other items down, and you see the marine crest on his breast, as well as his traditional Samoan tattoo as well. This is also your Exfil team. The weather's fairly calm. You see a thin line of light on the eastern horizon. It's dark. The water splashes up onto the Zodiac, and the island appears as a black void in space between the sky and the horizon. Rooster pilots the Zodiac with everyone else looking forward and gets to the surf brake line. The sound of the surf is louder than the sound of the outboard motor. He brings the outboard motor up and then allows the surf to carry the boat ashore. Everyone disembarks. The Zodiac boat drags it up onto the beach. The sand feels soft under your feet. It's a deep sand. The smell of vegetation and an occasional sound of a bird of paradise or some kind of tropical bird breaks the silence. You see giant palms and an overgrowth that might be difficult to traverse immediately. Upon a quick surveil, you do find that there are paths that lead deeper into the island. What are we going to do, agents of Arcel? Time has come. Well, on the boat, on the way in, we would have talked already. There are two abandoned settlements on the island. One on the west, which is closer to us, that is more of an open compound area. 
And then in the south, there's one remaining building, which was more of the mansion, basically. There used to be a road all the way around, but current information says the only part that's left is between those two areas, and it's overgrown anyway. I think we would have planned this before we landed, but I think the best bet is to scope the closer area first. Yeah, I would agree. I would have mostly listened to what Rooster suggested. Are we caching Bill and other equipment or carrying it all with us? I don't want to take the risk of someone else coming across this, especially... I suspect that to mental powers I show up as a blank spot, you're going to show up as bitten aluminum with that thing on. So chances are good that if someone is actively mentally scanning or scanning in other ways, they'll know they'll know that we're here, and I don't want them getting a hold of any of this. Looking at my watch, is it kind of after midnight on the next day? Looking at your watch, it's showing midnight. You look at the date, you tap your smartwatch, and the date is December 30th, 2011. Um, guys, check your smartwatch or smartphone date and time. Pull out my phone. Confirmed it's December 30th, 2011. Do I have any kind of signal? No. For a brief moment, it says roaming. Are you kidding? This shit's going to be expensive. There is no signal. No bars. Just the night sky above. I want to check the location service and see if it, it has a location. Check it once we get to the tree line. Get undercover. Yeah. Can you uh, maybe not say that as an affirmative while we're here? Hmm. I will do my best. Let's go. Roger. Copy. None of those are words that are normal for me. Yeah, you betcha. Okay. Do I look like I'm Minnesotan? And I'll start hauling gear up to the tree line. So, what does that mean? Why does it say 2011? I'm so confused. Well, oh, did I not? I didn't tell you about that. Um, In his journal, Lionel was obsessed with the day that never happened, which was... December 30th, 2011. Because they switched sides of the international dateline, basically. They moved it. And so they jumped from December 29th to December 31st at midnight. But it, that shouldn't matter. It sh- that means it should be, what, the 25th? June 25th, 2022? Yeah. If this were anything normal. Sure. <sighs> I don't know. We've got a rogue who's out of time, so... Who knows? Shit's fucky. Apparently, there's one of me here and one of me at Camp Habania right now. We'll figure this shit out later. Let's move up and scope the compound. Yes, River. Your GPS system still works outside of the range. The only way these phones get a time update is from a cell tower or a GPS satellite. And there's no cell towers here. Alright, well, at least then we're able to use GPS out here. That's something. GPS is good. We'll approach the compound from the west. Most of the buildings are on the eastern edge of the open compound, but not all of them are visible from this side. There will be trees in the way. Move up quietly to the edge and stay low. Well, you got point, right? Yep. I've got the rear. 
As you move through the underbrush and somewhat along a path, not all of the underbrush can be easily maneuvered. It's so thick that you might need a machete, but hacking through with a machete through this now would certainly leave a visible trail. So the uh, sniper in Rooster decides to kind of stick near the trail, but still remain hidden. The undergrowth begins to become a little bit sparse, and the canopy of trees blocks out any sign of the night sky here. It is warm, and there is a light wind blowing through the area. Rooster, as you move up, you see a small red light coming from up ahead. It's still in the trees, or is it in the open? It's low. It's still in the trees. It's in the area where the underbrush has lessened. It's glowing, almost. You realize that it is a red vinyl tent. I drop to one knee, put one fist up as a sign to stop, then realize only one person behind me will realize what that means, turn around and put my hand up in a stop signal. You look back, they've already all stopped. Quite possibly, they've watched enough movies to figure out your body language. Give a kind of approving nod and whispering, Stay here, I'll scope it. And I'm going to start creeping to try and get up close. We definitely have radios and throat mics. I've stolen the, uh, um, taken dead and malfunctioning equipment from Breckenridge. So yeah, before we set off, I, I would have made sure I would to do a comms check, possibly even before we left the boat. Definitely. They all seem to work with no problem. Rooster, go ahead and give me a stealth roll as you creep up next to this glowing tent. I swear, if this is a Jonathan Powell... 34 of 70. You work your way up. You are within maybe about maybe 15 yards if you want to get that close of this place. It's glowing. Is there a lantern inside? There is a lantern inside. There is a light inside here. Are there silhouettes of bodies of people? There are some silhouettes, but you don't necessarily know if they are bodies or not. It is still very early morning. I'm going to relay that information back and say, we can take him out or leave him, but then we're risking someone behind us. How many? Just one? Unclear. If you are able to get a look inside, do so. It is possible that there are innocents on this island, and I would prefer to not go shooting until we know. Does the tent have any vents or anything that I can see through? In it where it's mesh windows instead of just the nylon? There are, but they're only about eight inches off the ground. They're very low. This is not a very tall tent. It's maybe a two-person tent that stands roughly four feet in height. You do see that there's a sm another smaller tent alongside it. It almost looks like it's a children's like toy tent or playpen area tent. I'll radio that info back, and I want to get close to the tent and see if I can get a peek in the door, zipping it very slowly, very quietly, just to look in. As you get closer, you're within arm's range of the tent and you step on something and it crunches. It sounds like plastic crunching. And you look down and you see that there are G.I. Joes set up around the outside of the tent and small cannons pointing out. 
and it looks like someone's built a little bit of a dirt berm around it and has wrapped wire, almost like a toy diorama. On the small children's tent, like the little toy tent, there is a piece of paper with something scribbled on it. It's too dark for you to see at the moment in time, but it looks like something's been written on it. Can I pull up my night vision goggles? My civilian hunting stuff? Would it be able to read? It's not going to reflect that much light. You're going to see people, but reading is is kind of difficult with NVGs on. Unless it's like a reflective sign or a big sign. Well, we either have some random family camping out here and playing with lots of stuff, or we have maybe a voodoo doll perimeter fence. So I want to step lightly, not crunching any more G.I. Joes, and I still want to try and get a look in the tent. You unzip the tent quietly, as quietly as you can, and it snags a little bit on the vinyl, because this is a cheaply made tent. You peek in. You see in the light, there are about six to ten stuffed plush animals. Squishmallows, if you will. No people? You look in, no, there are no people. There are pieces of paper on the ground with pictures. One of the pictures you see is the picture of a rooster. At least you make it out in the light. And there's a army green or a khaki green or a GI government issue green crayon sitting on top of it. And it says, tasty green for marine. Through the throat, Mike. No tangos. People know us. And I want to move up to the second tent. With a little bit of the light exposed, this sign says Pibble Pavilion. Looking inside, you see that there is a small box, a cardboard box that says Kitty Condo, and a whole bunch of things made out of Legos, and an index card that says Guinea Pig Gazebo. Through the throat, Mike. No targets. Weird weird shit, but not the bad weird shit. Keep moving. You look down and you see movement on the floor of the Pibble Pavilion. You see lots of movement. Almost as though it's a swarm that crawls out. You see these tiny, multicolored octopi come barreling out of the tent. You jump back as you're almost swarmed by these things. And you look down and you see that these are crocheted, but they're moving on their own accord. Through the throat, Mike, still. Yep, more weird shit. Let's ignore this for now. Is it the kind of weird shit that's going to come and bite us in the ass? Not unless moving crocheted octopi. One of them starts to crawl up your leg. I flick it off with one finger. It goes flying, and as it flies, it unravels. Yeah, Crochet didn't do a good job at Unraveled. Let's ignore this. Uh, I'm sure at some point you will explain that comment. Which direction are we going? Keep moving east, towards the compound. Got it. Rooster moves ahead, and River, Rowan, and Rory, you all move past this small tent. It's a point of interest, and almost like a point of curiosity as you move by. Rowan, you get this sense of peace here. And as you get a little bit closer, 
you hear a small child singing. It sounds like it's coming from the tent. I'll stop when I hear the singing and turn towards the tent, tap the throat mic. Rooster, wait a sec. I freeze. I'll look at the other two. Do you hear that? No. Hear what? There's someone singing. Uncheck and make sure my hat's turned on. It is on. Will you come play with me? Who are you? Come play with me. We can draw. I have things to do. Who are you? You could draw with me. I can wait. Come play with me. No. I have new sharp crayons. I'm sure you do. Rowan, we gotta get. We gotta keep moving. Please don't go. Are you in danger? It's dark, but I'm not scared. I reach out and put my hand on Rowan's shoulder. Give it a little shake. She flinches violently. You can't hear that? No. Is it a threat? I don't know. Where is it? It's inside the tent. It it sounds like a child singing and then asking me to come and color in the tent. And it feels very peaceful here. It's going to be safe here. This is giving me siren vibes. I'll go look inside the tent. River, you look inside the tent and you see that there are squishmallows all piled up in here. And there are drawn pictures. Now there's pictures of all kinds of of things. But ones that stand out are ones that say, Jeremy, we love you. Thank you, Mike. Come home, Sammy. And you see a picture. It's on a black piece of construction paper drawn in white. And it looks like there's a church. And it says, Paul and Andrew. I'll go back. It's just a distraction. We need to move. They're playing with our minds. They are exceptionally good at that. No one should be able to get into my head. Why? Okay. And I close my eyes for a second and... I remember that feeling that I had when I was listening while River had the helmet going, and I do my best to replicate that sound in my head. Roll your power. Cool, 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 cool. 35. And your power is? 45. You were able to kind of create a bit of a, a static noise in your own mind, but it's in and of itself, it is a bit distracting. You do not hear the child anymore. Let's just keep moving. Maybe when you get further away, it'll stop. Probably. Hopefully. Um, Through the mic, I'll say. Status? On our way. I will turn myself in the direction that I remember Rooster going and push forward, focusing on maintaining that sound. Then I'll move ahead of Rowan and follow Rooster. Rooster, you make it to the edge of a clearing. You see that there are exposed foundations here. There are some remnants of homes. None of them are standing. There is a large ceremonial area, a bit of a shelter here made of palm wood and 
the roof is made of palm leaves and bark and thatch. There's a sign that says Taulauga. It is old and weathered and chipping away with the paint. Maybe that's what the name of this village was at time. You see the large open space. You see that there are some tents and a few boxes and a few cargo crates under the structure. The rest of your team is coming up on the edge of the clearing. I want to take the long rifle off my back and using the scope peer around and try and get see if I can make out any more detail on anything under that structure. Can I see any people? You do not see any people under the structure. You get glass on the entire area. Now, if somebody's hiding, possibly, but you feel pretty comfortable. There's also no real elevated positions here. So, at least everyone is on equal footing. Unless they've got a machine gun, then they can mow you down, and then... But that's a whole other worry for you, for your marine mind, another time. How big are the trees here? Could we have snipers in them? Potentially. The trees sway with quite a bit of flexibility toward the top. That if someone was to put a tree stand up there, they would be in for one hell of a ride, considering that the wind does blow and often swirls, so you do see the canopy of trees move quite a bit. It would not be ideal for a sniper to be in the trees, but knowing your military history in some of these islands in previous wars, they were used. Through the mic, say, I don't see anything doesn't mean there isn't anyone. Do we need to check the structure, or do we move towards the other area? I think we need to clear this area. I agree. And I will have dropped the mental static at this point to see if I still have voices in my head. You do not. Oh, good. So I can focus again. I will move up next to Rooster, then point to myself, and then toward the structure. Look at him, nod, and I'll take shooting position so I can cover him even though I don't have elevation River, go ahead and roll a military science for me and then put a check mark in it Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah that is a 66 out of 0 River, you start to move ahead and you stop a few feet and you take a step back and you notice that there are sight line angles from all around this clearing. There are very few points where you will be safe. All of the angles seem to line up in your sight, almost as though that they're drawn with a light blue glowing pen. Mechanics, do I need to check off my special rolls? Yes, because this one's a 66 and either way you look at it, it's a failure. You're stuck currently and you lose a willpower point. Guys, River is stopped. Cappy, get him. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm going to go up to River slowly and see what's going on. River's breath is exceptionally rapid at this moment in time. I'm going to tap on his shoulder. River? He doesn't respond. I'll shake it a little harder. It takes almost the third time, and he comes to with a bit of a shake and a start. You okay? River, all of the lines and angles that you just saw moved. You notice that the ratio of height between the structure 
and the distance to the edge of the clearing is a perfect ratio. You feel Rory shaking your shoulder. You don't know where you've been. Like, you know that you got lost in your head for a moment there. You don't know how long it's been. We gotta move. We're exposed here. And I will kind of do a weaving half-crouch like I've seen in the movies toward the uh, building. I'll follow him. Can I do a military science roll just to see if pick up on anything? Sure. Please don't crit fail. Oh, I actually made it. 16 out of 23. You see a few areas where there can be firing lines and, and whatnot, but you don't see anyone there. This seems to be fairly safe. Seems to be. I think it seems okay. Let's just go clear the building real quick. The structure is a pavilion with a bunch of pillars, like a stick and a roof type of building. Underneath, you see that there are a few tarps. There are tents that have not been set up. There are a few cargo crates under here. You see that there are a few three-wheel ATVs. Memories of being pitched off and stuck underneath an ATV go through the minds of those that have been on them last. Seemingly a long, long time ago. I'd like to do just a very quick search, lift up tarps, check to see if the crates are nailed shut or can be opened. These are metal shipping containers. You do see that they are not locked. There are a few that have master locks attached to them, but none of them, none of the padlocks are in the lock position. You can throw over the, the latch and open one up, but looking at it, you see the oxidation rate of this metal container is quite high. And in this humidity, it probably has produced a lot of rust. You calculate the chance that it's going to creak is very high. Very high meaning about a 73% chance. All right, I won't open the container. This whole time I'm basically just covering the river and keeping an eye on the whole building, like inside. I am not going to open the container, but I will, would still like to check under one or two tarps. You look under the tarps, and it seems, though, that this is a storage area with supplies. One of them has a cardboard carton open, and it's filled with tins of spam. I want to check the expiration date on one of the tins. 2025. On the radio... Looks like just general supplies. I haven't seen any signs of people here. Do the ATVs have gas? Can we use them for exfil? I'll go check. You give the ATVs a shake, and you can hear gas slosh around inside. You do see that there are a few plastic, smaller style, three and five gallon gas cans there. There is also a large metal tank that does have a flammable and explosive indicator on it. And how many ATVs were there? Three. Yeah, there's three ATVs. Looks like they have some gas in them, and there's also some gas cans and a large container of gas. Oh, not far to the Zodiacs. Good to know. Keep those in mind. How recently were people there? Any signs? Looking around River and Rory, it doesn't seem as though that this stuff is too old. It looks like it's fairly new, but you're not entirely sure. You can't pin down, be like, oh, someone was here at 12 o'clock this afternoon. Quite possibly someone was here in the afternoon yesterday, or someone was here in the afternoon in 2011. It's hard to tell. Not in the last few hours, probably. Or maybe in 2025. 
Hard to say. We're a little bit out of time at the moment, it seems. And this whole time, I've had my glasses off and scanning the whole area, seeing if anything looks weird to me. Other than the fact that it's a tropical island in the middle of the Pacific, no. It's surprisingly mundane at this point. Hmm. All right. LT, do we move to the next area? Yeah, let's keep moving. You do see that there are remnants to the south of a road. It was the road that Rooster talked about during your pre-planning. It looks as though that it has some of it's been knocked down and been cleared away fairly recently. Are we going to head around that or are we going to push through the middle toward the lake? Let's take the path that looks like it's had people on it. That might lead us to people. You walk through the stretch of forest and there is a canopy of trees over the top of the road. It is very verdant here and the wind picks up a bit of a howl and bends some of the trees a little bit more than you would like. There's a smell on the wind that you can't place. Over the past couple days, you've become accustomed to the smell of salt water. One, aboard the ship, and as soon as you landed, and even when you landed in Hawaii, it was there. But you kind of became nose-blind to it. At this point, it's gotten a bit stronger. You follow the pathway for about a mile and a half, and it opens up into a large clearing ahead of you. To your left because you've actually made it around almost to the east side as you've gone across the bottom half of the island. No noises, nothing outside of birds, and some strange noise coming from the jungle that is just jungle noise. But no people noise. You get to the clearing and you see that there is a another worn sign that says Atena, E-T-E-N-A. And you see that there is a larger structure off a bit in the distance in the clearing but to your left looking at the water at the lake you see that there are roughly a hundred or so people socially distancing from each other standing there facing the water they're not moving beyond at the edge of the water you see that there is a raised platform like a ceremonial platform or a dock. And there are four pillars that are freestanding on the platform. The sun is beginning to cast a bit of a golden glow over the eastern horizon, beginning to light up everything as it starts to raise above the trees. Only in this story would I have to ask this question... As we're looking at the people with the light, are they actually people or do they appear to be mannequins? There are roughly 144 mannequins here set up in rows of 12. 12 rows of 12. Well, that's gross. You beat me to it. Fucking mannequins. They follow us everywhere, it seems. That's very precise, though. LT? Hmm? Um, mannequins... It's definitely something ceremonial. Do we leave that for now? I'm going to do the quick count. Are they set up in 12 by 12 and I could like I can count and see that? Yes. Okay. It's so precise. 12, that's a number with like religious significance, isn't it? Yeah, 12 tribes of Israel and 144 
uh, something in the book of Revelation. I think it's uh, uh, 144,000 will be saved or something. 12 times 12, it's very significant, and I don't like the look of that podium over there. I think... But there are no actual people here. Well, not out here anyway. There may be... Because there's that building, right? There is a building, yes. There may be people in the building. It's still very early. Rowan says, putting on her glasses because it started to get light enough. The sun peeks over the first bit of the palm fronds, and it seems to awaken the rooster. (laughs) Not you, rooster, but an actual rooster. I'm going to watch the windows of the house and see if I see any lights, any movement, anything that catches my attention in there. Not from the house, but from beyond it. You see movement from the other side of the clearing. You feel it in your chest first, before you see the real movement. You hear in a distance people chanting Aya Dagon Aya as a mob begins to walk toward that center area walk toward the area where the statues, or mannequins, if you will, are set up. We need to take cover. Oh, we're still in cover. Yeah, I don't think we've gone any closer yet. So just, like, hunker down in the greenery and watch. Nobody move. Let's see where they go and what they do to the mannequins. Rowan doesn't even respond out loud, just flashes a thumbs up. The people are still chanting... And it's getting louder. Not frenzied like you'd heard before. This is calm. You see a man in a shock red button-down shirt with a black fedora or trilby on and white pants walk toward the dock. When he steps foot on the dock, the water begins to become agitated within the lake. You notice at first that the water is, there's just some extra lapping and some waves coming in from the lake. The wind picks up and howls and gives a whistle, makes all of the hair on your arms stand up, almost as though that it's lightly charged with electricity. LT, is that him? Rowan doesn't even respond out loud. Her hands are clenched into fists on her thighs as we're crouching in the undergrowth. But when asked, she just sort of gives a jerky little nod. I have a shot. Or do we wait for the Rowan? Wait. Copy. But at this point, I'm not, I'm not scanning anymore. At this point, I'm scoped in on him. We should account for the artifact. I suspect that might be in the lake. The people that are moving, there are not 144 of the folks. There is a fraction of that. And they begin to go to the different lines within the rows of the ceremonial statues. They've stopped chanting, but you hear them talking just a little bit almost as though that they are talking to the statues. Father stands on the dock. There is a bit of an altar or a table, if you will, and he turns and 
opens up a very large book and looks around. Rooster, you have glass on him. You see that he is flipping pages and looking around and scanning his children. And then he turns and looks back at the water. Is there anybody else we recognize there? From this distance, you do see Ada Lamb. Do we see Rafe Seal? Do we see Natalie? Yes. After you begin to kind of get a good look, because the sun is still coming up and throwing all kinds of strange shadows, Rafe Seal is in the third row, and Natalie is walking toward the back end of the mannequins. You see a few people from the event. I am watching the people as they're settling into place. I don't recognize Rafe Seal or Natalie. I wasn't in the building, uh, but I do see Ada note her, and I can't... I can glance away from Father for a moment before coming back and finally just settle on watching and waiting, occasionally glancing to the side to see if anyone else that I recognize shows up. Not at the moment. Yeah, that's the sentence I'm afraid of. You see Rafe Seal walk toward Father... And while Father is a little bit shorter, he stands just slightly higher on the dock above Rafe. Rafe bends his head down, and Father gives him a kiss on the head, and Rafe turns around and opens up his arms. We welcome this day for Father Dagon and Mother Hydra. His voice sounds as though it is right next to you. Those that know acoustics have no clue how that is happening, as it should get lost. We welcome this day. Father will provide us our salvation. Let us begin. Clear your minds of this earthly pleasure. And you hear the crowd begin a low hum until they're all in harmony. Everyone else hearing this? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Father stands and turns and looks over his people, and Rafe moves to the side. His movements are fluid. He puts his arms out. I will give you all a great big hug when this is over. I am so happy to see you all here. Welcome. Once you've done your ablations and your confessions and your blessings to your loved ones, let us begin. And he turns around. You notice the water in the lake is beginning to become much more agitated. Do we want someone to sneak around to the other side of the clearing to get a better look? Different angle? Rooster, you've already got glass on him. You moving would not be a good idea. Yeah, not Rooster. How far are we from from him right now? Maybe 200 yards. Not far at all. Do you want to let him get started on whatever he's doing? I think he's already started. He said then we'll begin. He hasn't yet. The lake has. I think that if we're going to stop this, it's going to be when things are a little bit more in motion. Stop saying that word. Eventually I'm going to run out of words that you guys let me say. Do we want to take the chance to let him get that far? I don't know. Father Dagon, hear our prayers. We accept you. We follow you. We accept you into our familiar home. We are ready 
for you to bring your child home. We are ready to bring this world anew. To rent aside the tyrannical governments and the authorities that keep us underneath their heel. You will drive us to the promised land. You give us a gift and we thank you for it. The water behind the lake is beginning to swirl. The sunlight is beginning to dim. Storm clouds have moved in from the west, and the wind has picked up at a point where it's nearly howling, except for the area of peace within this clearing. I still have a shot. You tell me if and when. Your children here ask for blessings on the ones that could not make it to this auspicious event. We ask that you honor their blessings in the coming tidal wave of your forgiveness and retribution. Please give them a gift. Give them the gift that they need. Give them the peace that they so deserve. I think we need to stop this before it gets any further. I think there's going to be a point of no return. Your child ball shall rise. We have folded space and placed your gift into Mother Hydra's wound and allowed it to mature. I don't want to play with this ball. It's too late. It's already gone. He is ready to step forward and guide us. You see in the water, there is something large and moving in a circular pattern under the water. On closer look, it looks as though that the night sky is a thin layer on top of the water. If, he's, if this is some sort of ceremony, I think we need to stop it now. Out of space. It's not out of another dimension. It's out of outer space. I don't think that we can stop it until... And I'm, I'm watching if Rowan shows up. You see what looks to be almost like a snake-like creature that's swimming around, almost breaching the surface and coming close to the surface of the water. And actually, as it rises up, you get a somewhat clear view of it trying to break the surface, but the surface tension of the water stays around him as it goes up and down as it swims. And it's swimming in a circle. Rain is starting to fall sideways, but still fall. This thing has already been hatched. They're trying to bring it through a space dimension of a portal. Then let's stop it from getting through. I think that his blood is going to be what does it. It said that Rowan was going to spill the blood, so we just need you and if it is someone else, whoever that is, to not do it. But if Rooster does it, maybe it's fine. Are you going to take that chance? What are our options? We're running out of options. I can take the voice and get him to stop what he's doing without killing him. The voice is not running this. Is he going to keep going if a shot rings out? Yes, he will. Then we gotta wait for Rowan. Everyone close your eyes, and I want you to visualize a strobe. And beyond that strobe, in each center of that light, is the peace and the powerful world that we will inherit. 
the twin forces of liberty and curiosity, the things that allow mankind to step from the water will allow it to step back into the water and allow us to venture to Yanthale. We may be servants to the Deep Ones, but we will be part of their families and we are kept. Aya Dagan Aya. The crowd returns with an Aya Dagan Aya. How close to the clearing are we right now? To the clearing. You're at the edge of the clearing. I'm going to start kind of slowly, stay in the underbrush, but start moving towards a little closer. Okay, give me a stealth roll. 74 out of 30. Out of 30, okay. But yeah, my goal is to kind of go along the south edge of the underbrush towards the water, that side. You start making, making your way there, and you're creeping pretty well. 144 is the number that we will re-manifest as an old one. We will eat this smoke, we will eat this bitter earth, and we will not be bound by things such as time and space, and our loved ones shall rise and smell the incense of the burning buildings and populace that betrayed us. Our mysteries will be resolved. Rory, you get a little bit closer, and you're actually within maybe 10 yards, 30 feet, of the far left edge of a mannequin. A blonde gal that you recognize as Natalie is there, and she's standing next to the mannequin. And she has a flashlight. You see that there are words written on the mannequin. I probably can't read them from here, right? You, you move a little bit more, and you see this mannequin has the name Kit on it. The one next to it, written, says Bonnie. Natalie turns and looks directly at you. I'm glad you were able to come. And she starts walking toward you, with their arms down and out. I'll get up, and I'll just kind of meet her half. Not go right up to next to her, but kind of playing along, I guess. Surprised I made it. We're a long way from San Francisco, and look, you brought firecrackers. Father said you would come. Come, let's go stand next to Rebecca. And she turns and puts her hand out for you to follow, and stands next to one of the mannequins. Um, I'll go kind of stand to the one behind her. You look at it, and it says Leanna. So what's the plan? Is there anyone that you wish to have saved? I've got a... There's one up here, and she steps in front... This one has not been claimed. So these are the, the people that will survive? They will be marked for survival. Others will have a chance to make a choice. They will all have a choice. Welcome, Brother Paul. Brother Paul, put the name of your loved one upon the chest of the statue in front of you. I know you wish to. I'm just going to watch. I'm not going to move. We all have a soft spot for a bit of a chase through time and space, if you will. Do not worry. We can protect him. You can give yourself over to a new beginning. Yes, I see you there. Welcome. Now, allow me to get back to where I was. There are ones that are men that are made of hollowness. They have chased us. They have brought us here. They have tried to enslave us for millennia, and even times before millennia. But we will not allow that to happen this time. We have worn away as mankind and humans, and it is time to be bound anew. I'm going to look over at Rooster 
and very quietly through the throat mic say, cover me, as I stand up and move into the clearing. I'm Tiana Hansen, and I play Rowan. I'm Ben Sislowski, and I play Rooster. I'm Seth Jones, and I play River. I'm Joseph Newman, and I play Rory. I'm Dan Voshkevich, the Handler. One Two Fathers Watching You was written by Alexander Hollins, with additional voice work provided by Zev Sislowski. Our story is based upon the role-playing game Delta Green by Arc Dreams Publishing. Delta Green is created by Dennis Detweiler, Adam Scott Glancy, and John Scott Tynes. Season 3, Act 3 is an original scenario titled In Time and Space, written by me, Dan Voshkevich, with the help of the rest of the Redacted Reports cast. If you like our story, there are a few ways you can support us. First, you can check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash theredactedreports. Patrons of our podcast will receive early access to episodes, Rowan's written reports to each story, as well as other goodies and opportunities exclusive to our patrons. We offer special thanks to our $20 and up patrons, Stephen Schwartz, Director Arayo, Jonathan Powell, Skelly Lichboy, Tom Padula, M.S. Aznikar, Heather Ney, Jen Obertaz, Jake Blair, Bomb Clancy, Kit Thompson, Danny, Lady Bedeville, Sherrick Manning, Andrea of the Burbs, Red Dead Coquette, Blardimus, Ginger Fury, Dr. Christian Lehman, and the entity some have called George. If you can't support us directly, that's okay. Please support us by telling people about us. Leave a review wherever you get your podcast and follow us on the usual social media sites. The Redact Reports is edited and produced by Tiana Hansen and is distributed by Quests and Chaos. If you like what you hear with us, give Quests and Chaos YouTube and Twitch channels a visit. They play Dungeons and Dragons and Call of Cthulhu on a weekly basis. Join us next week, because outside the bounds of reality lurk entities with names unpronounceable by the human tongue, but they know our names, and creatures of hunger and rage that will devour our insignificant universe, because they're here. <laughs> <laughs>